Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Hey. Welcome. Uh, it's good to be with you today. My name's Adam. I'm a pastor here at Mosaic, and today I'm continuing our teaching, Words Fall Short, uh, where we are looking at truths in Scripture that help us better understand the greatness of our God. And uh, my hope today is that we just get lost in awe of who our God is. Um, we use this, this phrase, words fall short, to describe experiences that we have or things that we see um, that, that we just might not have words for or, or even a point of reference for. Um, I think about this happening in my life, uh, times like when I got married or when I held my first child or places that I've traveled and that I've seen. But the most dramatic time I've ever experienced words falling short happened actually with a friend of mine. Uh, when we were moving to Oregon, we were moving uh, with, with some other people, some friends, um, and, and doing some ministry together. And one of these people uh, happened to be my friend named Diane. And uh, Diane was in her, I think, mid-60s. Diane, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. I'm putting your age out to the World Wide Web. Um, but she had grown up in Arkansas, then lived in New Mexico, and in her six decades had never seen the ocean. None of them, not the Atlantic, not the Gulf, not the Pacific, had never seen the ocean and was moving from New Mexico, which looks nothing like ocean area, to Oregon. And her first time seeing the ocean was going to be the Oregon coast. And I had seen the Oregon coast and know uh, that it probably rivals the most beautiful beaches on our planet. And so I was so excited for her. And as we began to drive to the coast, um, I realized that, that we wanted the most dramatic place we could find, which, which in my mind was Hug Point. And so we were going to take her there. And, and I didn't want her to just get a glimpse of the ocean out of the window and just see a little bit of water here, a little bit of water there. So as we got close to 101, we had her put a coat over her head in the front seat of the car. As I look back on the story, I realize it probably looked like we were kidnapping her. But she put a coat over her head, and we drove her to Hug Point, and, and my wife and I, we, we guided her uh, to, to the edge where there's a, a wall and, and just this amazing panoramic view of uh, the Pacific Coast. And uh, we had her then take the hood off, and, and I didn't even look at the coast. I was just looking at her, and yeah, words fell short. She didn't even say a word. She made this small whimper and just began to weep at the absolute beauty that was before her. Words fall short. This is my hope. This is our desire through this teaching that as we look at the God that our scripture represents, words would fall short. And even if we're not someone 
who goes to the ocean and has that emotional experience of being in awe and words falling short, that, that we would step into this time allowing the, the place that God exists in our imagination to grow and to respond in awe of who he is. And so today we're going we're gonna to look at three different scriptures um, that, that reveal an aspect of who God is that is amazing and, and is really more than my mind can contain. But, but we're going to look at these scriptures today um, that reveal part of who God is and his nature. And uh, the first verse I want to look at is the very, very beginning of the Bible, the first verse of the first book. And uh, it's, it's, it's short and something you might have heard before, but contained in this short verse is a massive implication of who our God is. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn there with me or follow along on the screen. Uh, this is Genesis 1.1. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not very long, and yet deeply profound. These 10 words that say, in, in the beginning, not, not God's beginning. Scripture tells us that, that God has always been and always will be, but, but in our beginning, meaning our, our known existence, our universe, from the cosmos and the unknown places that we have yet to discover, all the way to the microorganisms living in our ocean, all of that in the beginning was created by God. He is creator. He is our creator. Now, oftentimes when we, we look at this verse, we then pivot into a conversation of, of how. Well, how did creation come about? How did God do this? And, and there's a lot of theological ideas and people much smarter than me who have written about it and talked about it. And there might be a time where we get to have that conversation. But, but for today, I actually want to pivot back to, uh, to God himself. Instead of looking at how creation came about, to, to look at the creator. And I think some common ground that, that we can stand on today is, is first, regardless of how creation came about, I think we would all agree that it came about by the intent and the power of God. Meaning it was, it was his desire. It came from his imagination, every bit of it. It came from him and it came about because of his power. That's, that's the first truth. The second one being, we are part of that creation. Of everything that was created, that, that of our known universe and of all of, of everything on our world, we, we are part of that creation. And because we're part of that creation and we have a creator, there's implications then for how we live. It shapes our lives. When I was... Um, in my, my mid-20s, I had a deep interest slash mild obsession with guitars. And uh, it, it kind of happened on accident. I ended up buying a, a guitar at a guitar shop in Carlsbad, California, um, and discovered that they had this policy that you could come back a year later, trade in your guitar, get 100% value for what you paid as long as you bought another guitar that cost $100 more. So for a long stretch of time, I was buying a lot of guitars and really just got into the artistry of them. Uh, the tone woods and the different sounds that they can make and uh, the inlay and, and the different uh, ways that they could shape it. And, and, and it wasn't f uh, far after that of, of me being really interested in the guitars themselves, I became interested in the men and women who were making these guitars uh, called luthiers. Um, and the, the deep passion and craftsmanship that they pour into these, these amazing, beautiful instruments. 
And uh, I began to, to research them, reading articles about them and discovering more about their stories. And for the most part, most of them were not just doing this because it was their nine to five vocation and a way to make a few bucks. Most of them were doing this because they were deeply passionate about it and had a desire to create something that brought beauty into the world to create something that helped people express and to tell stories and to create something ultimately that had a purpose. We find because God is our creator, we are created with purpose. There's a reason for us existing. There's a reason that he has created us. In Ephesians uh, chapter two, verse 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We hear God's handiwork, his craftsmanship that he has created for a purpose. These implications that exist because we have a creator who is before all things, who is above all things, who has created us for a purpose by his will and his power. So the question then for us is how then do we live? What does this reality lead us to do? How do we respond? We respond firstly with, with a posture of humility, a posture that recognizes God is before, he is creator and above all things. Therefore, we are surrendered to him. We live a life yielded to him. I, I learned this, um, this experience uh, really clearly. And even if you don't have kids, you'd probably understand this experience when uh, my oldest became a toddler and we tried to uh, direct her life and feeling how she pushed up against our will at, <laughs> at every turn and corner and, and just realizing, oh, she, she doesn't know what she doesn't know. She has a very limited perspective and worldview. And as it dawned on me, I thought, oh, God, I'm sorry, this must be what it's like to lead my life and, and, and to, to direct me because I just don't have the perspective of the creator. I am part of creation. And in that I am called to have the posture of humility before our God. In the book of First uh, Peter in, in chapter five, it, it says this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is a, a scripture that, that I've gone to over and over. And, and what it does in me is it, uh, it doesn't lead me to a place, and, and I wouldn't want it to do this for you either, that says, if, if I humble myself under God's powerful hand, under his will, that, that my life will have no issues, everything will go according to plan, I'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise but rather to understand that, that we are called to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand because he's the creator. And where else would we humble ourselves? Whose hand would we humble ourselves? Whose authority, whose power, but not for our creator? He is above all and before all. And Peter's writing this to a, a group of people who are actually experiencing persecution saying, humble yourself under God's mighty hand because he's powerful. He's the creator of everything and he, he cares for you. He invites you to bring your anxieties, your fear, your disappointments to him as we submit and yield to him. 
I, I got to see this um, played out uh, with with my mother, um, my my grandfather, uh, four years ago this spring passed away, and um, it was really, really, really difficult for my mother. Both of them are are Christ, uh, well, he was, and my mom is a Christ follower, and. When he passed, she, she struggled, not just that he passed and he was beloved by our family and, and really led our family spiritually, but, but it was the way that he died. It was months and months and months and almost a year of his health deteriorating um, with this disease that was just vicious to his body. And, and the last few months, he was not even recon, uh, reconcilable. Uh, he, he couldn't speak. It was just so difficult. And when he passed, my mom slipped into a, a pretty difficult and dark place. Uh, I think she was frustrated and angry at God. I think she felt like this was unjust for this man who had followed God and had led his family and, and had led a humble life to, to then have to go through something like this. And she was so frustrated. And I remember seeing it on her and, and seeing her uh, kind of step back um, from relationship and step back from conversation and, and could just sense the weight on her. And, and then after a season, she, she began to come out of that. And I took her out to lunch and we talked about it. And she said, I was so angry at God because I believe that he's powerful and I believe that he can control all things. And it didn't make sense. It felt unjust and it felt wrong. And she said, I just held that in until one day. She said, I, I, I just came to the reality that, that God is God that he is the creator. He understands all things beyond my comprehension. And it seems so hard to understand this, but, but I have to bring it before God. And she told me she was home alone one day. Um, my dad was out running errands and she says she just had it out with God. There was tears, there was frustrating, uh, there was yelling, there was prayer. And at the end, she felt like, I have to humble myself before God, even though this circumstance hurts desperately and I don't understand it. Not, not because I want to, but because God is who he is and he was faithful to meet her in that and to begin the healing of this loss that she was experiencing. And so we, we, we humble ourselves before God because he cares for us and, and also because he is the creator of the universe. And it's his powerful and mighty hand that has shaped everything we know. And because of this, we then live as though that is true. Dallas Willard says, um, we don't believe something by merely saying we believe it or even believing we believe it. We believe something when we act as if it were true. When our lives are shaped by the reality that God is our creator and we are his creation and we are created for a purpose, that begins to shape our lives and we begin to cultivate a posture of humility, deferring to him for the leading of our lives. So we respond with a, a posture of humility and we also respond with a posture of worship, to be in awe of who he is. At the beginning of, of this teaching, words fall short. Um, I was leading our, our house gathering in Vancouver and, and we were going through some of the discussions and I, I just had this question I wanted to ask them. And I said, you know, if, if we're stepping into this series where we are searching out a part of God that is not even knowable by us, right? Scripture tells us his thoughts are beyond our thoughts. It would be as though I'm inviting you onto a journey that we're never gonna arrive fully at the destination. Um, I could see where that would be a, a little bit futile or, or, or even feel 
uh, a little bit uninviting or frustrating. And so I just, I put that out there to our house gathering. I said, hey, we're, we're starting the journey on this, this teaching and, and we're gonna be looking at these aspects of God and who he is. Where, where do you think we're gonna end up? Where, where is this gonna lead us? And um, people begin to share. And, and what was being shared was, when I search out the beauty of God, even the things I don't know, I don't understand, it, it, it doesn't repel me. In fact, it, it makes me wanna worship him. And, and one, someone said, hey, if we're gonna worship anything, let's worship someone who's above and beyond. Let's worship the creator of these beautiful things that point to him in our, our, our creation. And it was just such a cool moment to realize that, that when we pursue God and when we uh, go after this God that words can't even describe and our experiences can't even contain, that it, that it leads us to be in awe and to be a people of worship. In Psalms 95, it, it, uh, it says like this in, in verse one through six, it says, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the king above all gods. In his right hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. The Psalm is directing us to respond to this God who's created all of these things that are beautiful and reveal majesty, to respond to him then with being in awe and worshiping him, especially with the parts of him that we can't even grasp or understand, that we just respond with awe in worship that he is above all, that he has created all things and that, that we become purposeful in his creation, much like a guitar that brings a, a beauty and music to the world. We become the people bringing worship as a signpost to the creator, telling this world, look at this beautiful creation and who it represents. When we do this, we join in with all creation, worshiping God, being in awe of who he is. We're gonna do just this, uh, just that thing, and here in a moment we're gonna we're gonna sing to our God. But but before we do, I wanna I wanna do two things. Uh, one to remind us of something, and one to invite us into something. Uh, the thing I want to remind us of is as we talk about the greatness of God. And over the past few weeks, we've talked about the holiness of God, that he's perfect, that, that he doesn't make mistakes and, and, and that he knows everything. He knows what's happened, what's gonna happen, that, that he created all things, that his, he is majestic, he is all these things. And that can at times make us feel pretty separate from him. But the truth is in God's greatness, he is not far. Central to the gospel message is, is this truth that that Jesus took on flesh, that God the Son came to be present with us as a means of bringing us into the family of God. That's true for you and I. That's true if you've yet to, to put faith in Jesus and to accept the truth of the Bible. The Bible says that he stands at the door of your heart and knocks and wants to be in relationship with you and I. The God of the Bible, this great God that words fall short to capture is not far from us. He is near us and he cares for us. I want us to remember that. Secondly, as we go about our, our day to day, to take a moment to acknowledge God as the creator, to 
to acknowledge the creation that we find all around us. And if you're able to uh, get outside, to take a walk, to, to, to look at something that inspires you, a sunrise, a sunset, uh, the, the mountain range, the forest, to find something that inspires you and to attribute that to God, our creator, and to be in awe of just how amazing he is. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, I pray as we, um, as we now sing uh, of your greatness and then we have opportunity to share about your greatness in our, our house gatherings, um, that you would captivate our hearts, uh, that, that what has become common in the world around us, we would see with fresh eyes and recognize the greatness that is you, our creator that we would sit with this reality that, that all of our known existence was created from your imagination and by your power and that we would be led to be people in awe of you. We worship you in your name, amen.